Hebrews 11.35a Women received back their dead by resurrection. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18-37 through 37. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon. And then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may go quickly to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Then he returned to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we're continuing uh, day two of two in this study of 35A, woman received back their dead by resurrection. And we yesterday was Elijah. And now today in Second Kings, we are looking at Elisha, a strikingly similar uh, <laughs> story, um, very, very similar. And yeah. I, I do not think that that is coincidental. So what are your thoughts on this passage and specifically how it points us back to the life of faith in Hebrews 11? 
Yeah, so the similarities certainly aren't coincidental. Uh, you see this over and over again with the Elijah and Elisha stories. In fact, if you read a little bit ahead of this at the beginning of Second Kings 4, there's a similar kind of oil being provided miraculously story as we talked yeah. about yesterday. Uh, and then this story, which again is a foreign woman whose child dies. Now there are some extra little details here. And when you see similar stories like this, it's really fascinating to dig in deeper to yeah. what's what's changed in the story. So the extra detail here is that the Shunammite, um, when Elisha goes to Shunem, there's this wealthy woman uh, and mm. Whenever he would pass by, uh, she would provide him with food. And eventually she and her husband decide to make him a little guest room where he can hang out and uh, when he's traveling. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of Atlanta, people in Atlanta, they'll have an extra like carriage house or something where yeah, people yeah. can stay. It's a little totally. bit like that. Um, I, I can so, picture like the Hobby Lobby art on the wall, you know, <laughs> yeah, the like right. live, laugh, love. Sign. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but she she and her husband don't have children mm -hmm. and as a way to kind of thank her uh elisha makes this promise to her uh and it's a promise again that picks up on something that would be familiar from when earlier in hebrews 11 he says to her at this season about this time next year you shall embrace a son which is yeah. almost word for word what the lord says <laughs> to sarah about yeah. isaac uh, and so yeah. constantly the Old Testament is doing this. It's picking up earlier stories and weaving them together. But mm -hmm. then the New Testament will do the same thing. Uh, so what we see next in 2 Kings 4 is, in some sense, a, a replay with little details changed of what happened with Elijah and the widow's daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Jesus will raise a child uh, in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. in, so Jesus is often picking up on these features from the Old Testament, and Elijah and Elisha are prominent among, amongst the figures that Jesus embodies. Uh, so we, we can see this story, uh, it's in Mark 5 and in Luke 8, about Jesus healing uh, Jairus' daughter. Now, mm. similar to this story, and not to the one before that we looked at with Elijah, Jairus's daughter starts with a messenger being sent, right? Yeah, Jair, or, yeah. or Jairus coming uh, and, and imploring with him uh, and asking for him to come, right? So it's similar in terms of the way that the, the Shunammite woman comes to Elisha. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in Mark and Luke, um, you have this intervening story about the woman with the flow of blood. And then Jesus appears mm -hmm. uh, and he heals the child. Now, he doesn't do this whole laying down on the child multiple times thing <laughs> that Elisha mm -hmm. does, and, yeah. um, which is you know, an interesting detail. I don't know if you have any thoughts on why that detail is there. Well, I actually thought, um, let me look back at it. I think uh, it actually, yeah, it says in 21 of 17, the Elijah story, that he stretched himself upon the child yeah. three times. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's kind of like the, uh, you know, it, that's just one of those different culture things, I guess. Um, <laughs> if I, yeah, I don't know. Do you have I any mean, thoughts I on never, that? I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on with that. Um, there are, 
in Jesus's healings, times where we do get extra details in how he does the healing, you know, like he'll spit in the mud and then put it on the eyes of the blind man and why he has to do that when other times he can just say be healed and people are healed. Uh, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's beyond me why exactly we get these kinds of details, but maybe one of the ways that we could think about it in terms of application is that the Lord does work in our lives in different kinds of ways, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. he uses very explicit means. Uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes he just miraculously does things in our lives. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's, maybe that's a piece of it. Um, and we, you know, we, the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And this is certainly one of those mysterious ways in which the Lord works in terms of uh, raising this child. Now, let's let's put this back in the context of Hebrews 11. Uh, yeah. So, Will, how does this story of Elisha and this widow, how how is it uh, an indication of faith? Who is showing yeah. faith here and how are they showing it? You know— one of the interesting differences between the Elisha and Elijah story is the presence of Gehazi, who mm. is kind of like Elisha's handler uh, in turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Gehazi is kind of like a funny character in the story. Like he kind of, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't mean this in too joking a way, but I, he kind of reminds me of Zazu from the Lion King, like the little bird. <laughs> Um, who's like the goofy, uh, tries to wrangle other people and just kind of gets pushed aside. But the Shunammite woman, so this, this mother in deep distress, she, she basically, um, conceals the fact that her son has died as she's leaving town. And then when she sees, when Elisha sends Gehazi to meet her, she conceals that to him. She wants to get straight to the source because she knows that the spirit of God is with Elisha, not Gehazi. Mm. And therefore healing is with Elisha. And then there's this interesting tactic where Elisha sends his staff, um, with Gehazi. And you know, like that's kind of like another, um, funny moment. And Elisha's staff has done some pretty awesome stuff. And so there's this sense of like, you know, maybe uh, that'll take care of it. And so he kind of tries to send Gehazi with a staff and tells the the mother to go. And she's like, no, like, I'm not leaving you. And so then they all end up going together, you know, mm-hmm. a little ways behind Gehazi. The staff thing doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, and sure enough, you know, it's like she drags Elisha in there and then in a very similar moment to the Elijah story, he he gets alone with the Lord and and, and pleads. And mm-hmm. then he he, you know, performs this uh that ritual we were talking about and, and lays upon him and this resurrection happens. I think what is really striking about the faith of the Shunammite woman is that she wanted to get to the source, the power. which she knew was the Lord and she didn't want, you know, things adjacent to that. And she went straight to him. And it reminds me of the faith of Jairus that you mentioned, the -hmm. Roman official. He goes to Christ and Christ says, go back to your house. Your daughter is going to be alive when you get there. Or or no, he, he, sorry, he offers to go back to the house. 
And, and he has, Jairus has this really striking moment of saying, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. He recognizes who Christ is and says, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. I'm a man in authority with people under me. And I know that when I tell them to go do something, it gets done. So Jesus, if you will just say, like, if you will just speak from afar, Lord, I, I know you have the power to heal my daughter. And there's once again, this recognition of the power of God to heal and the power of God to save. Uh, and, you know, both, you know, all these people that we've looked at over the past few days, it's like they have blinders on and they're only focused on the source of this saving power, which is Yahweh's spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like uh, the point that you made about how the Shunammite woman, who is another foreign woman, uh, like the widow of Zarephath that we saw last time and like some of these yeah. other uh, figures in the hall of faith. Uh, in verse 30, she says, as the Lord lives and as you, you yourself live speaking to Elisha, I will not leave you. And it reminds mm. me of Genesis 32, where Jacob is wrestling with God and he says, mm. I will not, I will not let go until you bless yeah. me. Uh, yeah. And so that's a great point about her. She wants to go to the source and she is not going to give up until yeah. her prayer is answered, uh, yeah. which is a really powerful moment of faith in this story. It, it's also reminiscent of Moses on Mount Sinai. <clears throat> you know, the Lord is angry with the people and he basically says, go on and take the promised land, um, but I'm going to hang back. And, you know, the there's this that really famous quote from Moses of like, Lord, we, I will not go unless you go out with us. And, and mm. you know, I think there's moments in Scripture and I think there's moments in our lives where we're presented with sort of this choice of like something looks like it's right out there in front of us for the taking. And we're kind of just like set free to go after it. Are we going to go chase it or will we say, no, Lord, I... I I trust you and I will not leave you um, because there is no power. There is no lasting satisfaction apart from you. And I think there's the scriptures are just filled with amazing moments like that. Yeah. Well, for Will Carlisle, this is Will Kynes. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.